0: Welcome to the Behind the Shield podcast, where each week we talk with shelter employees and agents from around the country to find out what's going on, to hear the stories that might otherwise go untold, and to connect you more closely with why you are an important part of making it all happen for our customers and communities. Let's take a look at what's going on behind the shield. Welcome, everybody, to another episode. I'm your host, Douglas Jones, and alongside me is our producer, Brad Johnson. And here's a rundown of what we have in store for you today. Even though some parts of the country and our daily lives are getting back a little closer to normal, we're still living in some unusual times. One of the words we've all heard a lot over the last few months is the word unprecedented. Along with that, some unprecedented and important decisions have been made by Shelter's leadership to keep everyone safe and to keep our company moving ahead. Today we're going to be talking with Executive Vice President, Randa Rollins about the thinking and the discussions that went into some of those decisions and what it's been like for the leadership team to walk through this process together. Now we're gonna introduce Randa Rollins to you. Randa, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Appreciate you coming. Thanks
1: Thanks to Douglas and Brad for having me.
0: So um, just for folks who may not be aware, tell us again, what departments of shelter do you oversee?
1: Sure, I've had claims for several years as well as government relations and then a couple of years Ago also took on information services and information security. So about 1,100 employees in those groups.
0: Wow. Okay, so what we'd like you to do is take us back a little bit in time um, to the discussions that the leadership team was having back in early to mid-March. And can you sort of step us through the progression of what was going on, the discussions that were being had that led up to the decision to have everyone begin working remotely?
1: Sure. Well, As you can imagine at that time, and it may be hard to remember back, but there was a lot of uncertainty about what was going to happen, just as there still is to some extent today. And I remember thinking about a couple of people I knew, a couple of employees in the home office I knew that had compromised uh, systems because they were in medical care of some sort, cancer treatments and so forth. And we talked a little bit about what are we gonna do about that and whether those people should be in the office and how we handled that. And in the midst of those discussions, uh, Mr. Moore was traveling uh, that particular week on agent meetings that we normally have during that time of the year. And um, all of a sudden we got a notice that we were gonna have a team's, officer teams meeting. So the decision was made that it was, um, you know with, with the assistance of Dr. Mueller, of course, uh, that we probably needed to send everyone home, and you know, it, in hindsight, Douglas, I think that from a Columbia perspective, I know there are many other employees out in the field listening to this as well. But from a Columbia perspective, I I really do think that made a difference. It was a tough call by Matt. I know when he was doing it uh, about whether or not to send everyone home. There were still some naysayers at that time. Just like there are now, Uh, everybody has a different opinion about how it should be handled and what we should be doing. But I think in hindsight, it was the right thing to do.
0: So on the live Friday teams meetings that the executive team's been hosting, there are a lot of questions that come up in the chat window asking, what are the plans about this and that? But I've also noticed a lot of appreciation being expressed um, about the leadership team's decisions and your openness through the whole process. Talk with us a little bit about how a leadership team processes, uh, what information to share, and if there's information that maybe needs to be held more closely.
1: Well, I think the, the guiding principle has been to be transparent, as transparent as we can be, and that's why we have those live events. Uh, there's really nothing secret about what we're doing at this point. Um, We don't have any magic uh, eight ball, although although I think somebody's now given one to Matt, but um, (laughs) crystal ball that we can come up with and say, how does this all work? This is all so new to everybody. We have been on those calls. You can't see the questions and the answers that are coming, or the questions that are coming in, but just a ton of appreciation from so many employees about how we've handled those things. And yes, then there are a lot of questions about, What about this? And what about that? And it's difficult, I know, from the employee perspective, because we all in this time of so many unknowns, we want somebody to give us a black and white answer. And um, unfortunately, there just aren't a lot of black and white answers for this. This is something new that none of us have been through before. We're trying to step very lightly and make sure that we don't make a mistake if we can avoid it. Uh, because a mistake in this in this situation could lead to someone's death, unfortunately. Right. So, you know, while we haven't been able to give some specific answers to all the questions, I think what we've tried to do is follow the guiding principles all along. And um, those are the safety of our employees, flexibility to the extent that we can provide that to the employees. I think we've tried to be as flexible as we can to make sure that we're supporting the employees through this. And I think they've responded very well. I mean, I I truly believe all of our employees together have been much more productive and, and uh, have been the reason why we have been able to keep our business running uh, the way we do. Um, and I think the other principle there is just trust. And it may be hard for the employees if we say trust us. <laughs> But if you look at the things we've done to help the employees, I hope that you could feel like you can trust us because we really are trying to make the decisions that are in the best interest of all the employees. And um, you know, there's uh, 1,200 people in the home office building and a lot of people out in the field offices. So one individual may not think that's that's the right decision for them, but we've tried to make the right decision for everyone as a whole.
0: So when When the team came to the decision about refunding 30% of our auto insurance premiums, how did that idea surface and what were some of the thought processes that you all stepped through?
1: Well, Dan Clapp, who's our executive vice president who oversees actuarial, had mentioned a couple of times that we were going to see a huge decrease in frequency of the autos and we probably needed to think about what we were going to do as a result of that. And the ideas were thrown around well, perhaps we could uh, do a dividend. Since we're a mutual company, that's certainly a possibility. And uh, then we thought about, well, we could return some of the premium, uh, but we didn't really have a system set up to do that. You know, we don't have a button that we can push that <laughs> says, okay, send back 30% of the premium today. Right. Just, it's just not quite that easy in our system yeah. is not set up that way. And. And so we also had talked about some other possibilities. And, and frankly, that Monday morning, when a couple of companies announced that they were going to take premium relief, that particular day, Matt said, we're going to do this. And we're going to be one of the first. And we've been talking about it. Um, now it's time to take the action and do it. And by Wednesday afternoon, we had figured out this is how we're going to do it. This is how approximately how much we're going to do. We're not exactly sure from a system standpoint how that's all going to work uh-huh. yeah. because we've never done it before and our systems aren't set up that way. But kind of gathered a team of people together and said, you know, you five people go figure this out. And and they did. And, you know, they leaned on a lot of incredible employees who, who spent a lot of time and effort we've got some remarkably bright people in our company who given a challenge like that, stood up to the challenge and said, yes, let's, let's do it. And so we made the choice to do the 30%, which I think to still to the, to this day is I think the highest percentage that i have seen from any other company, because we thought there would be at least 30% less uh, losses. So um, it was it's just a remarkable thing to see that we could all come together at a time when we had to do something new we hadn't done before and we figured it out and we did it and we got those checks in the mail and we got EFT money backing bank accounts, which we've never done that before either. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. lots of new challenges, but everybody, um, everybody met the challenge.
0: That's great. Well, <clears throat> In a leadership position, when you're making decisions that affect hundreds or thousands of employees and agents, what was that like for you personally?
1: Well, I think we'd all be um, less than honest if we didn't say it's a little scary to go down that path, particularly in the kind of unknown things that we were doing here. But I will say, and I think Matt would agree with this, that we are so fortunate to have a really solid leadership team. And I'm referring to the officers and others that have helped that team. We met initially every single day uh, by teams and to make sure we were coordinating all of the efforts. And everybody knew what everybody else was doing. And everybody was kind of, we were you know, just able to reach a consensus on most of those issues. But it's always good to have that that extra person saying, well, wait, wait a minute. What about this? Cause it may be something that you haven't thought of. Mm. Um, and things are happening so fast that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, after a couple of weeks, we went to three days a week where we would meet. Now we're meeting two days a week, but, and, and Matt has said, and I agree that we'll continue doing that because not only have we coordinated and addressed the issues related to COVID and work from home and remote and those kinds of things, but we've also, extended it into other aspects of our business. When you have that framework set up and that kind of a group that can reach consensus and help each other, they're not afraid to speak up and say, Hey, wait a minute. I don't agree with that. Here's why. Uh, it, it takes, it takes the stress out of it uh, to some extent. Um, I know that Matt has, you know, there's no question that Matt Moore has, felt a little stressed during this time. This was not what he expected, uh, I'm sure, when he took over as president. But I do think he would agree that he's got a really strong team to support him and he can lean on us and ask us questions and um, everybody feels really good about that team.
0: Good. Anything special you've been doing for yourself just to kinda, for your own stress levels, to keep yourself centered?
1: Well, you know, I've worked at home and I've worked in the office and I'm back home now. I, I um, I've struggled with the get up from your computer and go take a walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were days when it would be 4:30 or 5 o'clock, and I hadn't eaten lunch and I hadn't <laughs> taken a break, and just because the meetings were back to back to back to back. I mean, we've we've all been working harder, I think,
0: yeah. and
1: so I really have made an effort to walk more, uh, to get out a little bit more, um, to try to stop at 5 5.00 o'clock or 5:30. Um, You know, I've even had to cook for my husband. (laughs) I've had to tell him a couple times, that's it. No more this week. It's your turn.
0: So if you've been um, listening to any of the recent episodes, we've been kind of doing this sort of um, timed game show sort of approach uh, for for kind of quick fire questions. So we've got some for you if you're ready. Sure. Okay. All right. Here we go. So how long have you been at shelter?
1: 18 years on April 15th.
0: Okay, and what were you doing before you came to shelter?
1: I practiced law in Kansas City for almost 20 years as a defense attorney, mostly medical malpractice, which is entirely different from what we do here. Okay,
0: so you know the Muppets? No. No? Okay, all right, we'll skip
1: no The question. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Next question.
0: <laughs> What's the most exciting thing you've done since we all started working remotely?
1: Um, well... Uh, we were supposed to go on an overseas couple of week trip to Africa for a couple of weeks, which got canceled. So instead we, uh, we got in the car and drove to Colorado on Memorial Day weekend to see some relatives. And it was really, really nice to get away. Everything was closed in Colorado, uh, but we did some hiking and visiting relatives and it was great. Okay.
0: If you owned a restaurant, what is one thing that you would make sure is not on the menu?
1: Liver and onions.
0: <laughs> Have you ever milked a cow?
1: I grew up on a dairy farm.
0: Hey, so you milked a cow. All right. Yeah, right.
1: I could do that today if you need me to do that. I could do that.
0: <laughs> what What's one other thing that people may not know about you?
1: I've uh, been to Africa four times on mission trips.
0: Oh, wow. So... Um, your time's up, by the way. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> and I can,
1: I, you know what? I'll just jump ahead for you, Douglas. It's okay. dill pickles, okay? Dill. My mom, my mom made the best dill pickles. She would put these cucumbers in these quart, uh, actually half-gallon jars. Oh, my. And as a kid, I would help her can all the pickles, and we'd put them down in the cellar, and wait for them and I'd always be asking her so are they ready yet and she'd say no so best deal pickles in the world and I still have a recipe don't get okay. it done very often but I still have the recipe
0: alright well maybe that's something you can do while we're all uh, at home you, you can are. make some pickles
1: <laughs> don't do <laughs> <count right>. that
0: <laughs> <laughs> alright well thanks Brenda appreciate you coming on today Brad thanks as always for everything you do to help make the podcast happen and just want to thank everyone for listening today there are lots of heroes and other special stories in the shelter world, and we wanna hear about them so you can hear about them. If you know of any, or if you just wanna send us feedback, you can reach us at podcast at com. And for our next show, we're going to go back to the future with Shelter's Innovation Director, Kevin Tidball, and he's gonna tell us what his team is working on to make sure Shelter's prepared to grow and progress in the future. Before we go, I wanna say thank you for everything each one of you does every day to make this company great. Please stay safe, stay well, and remember that together we're
1: shelter strong.